Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. We're back. The Anarchist World This Week. We're like that dog shit at the bottom of your boot or shoe. You can't quite get rid of the smell. We're back. Well, we haven't been away, have we? <laughs> My name's Joseph Toscar. I'm hosting today's program. If you want to know what is all about, Anarchos Without Rulers. It's about creating a society without rulers. What gives rulers the ability to impose their will on millions, if not billions, of people? inequalities in power and wealth. So the anarchist struggle is the struggle to create a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good and where people make decisions based on direct democratic principles. The people involved in decision make those decisions and then elect or appoint delegates to coordinate those decisions at a local, state federal and even an international level. So the difference is between representative democracy and direct democracy, in, direct, in a society based on direct democratic principles, the people determine the policies. In a representative democracy, you give a representative a signed blank check to make decisions for you for the next three to four years. And especially in Australia, irrespective of what they promise, what they tell you, you have no mechanism via which to control their legislative ambitions until the next elections. We don't even have the power of recall in Australia or citizens-initiated referendums. So representative democracy, basically, if you're looking at a human being, would be a single cell in the democratic uh, framework. It is a very simple form of democracy which can be manipulated uh, by non-state actors and state actors to suit their agendas and that's why in many regards we find ourselves in the situation we find ourselves today. Now, I want to talk about surveillance capitalism. You like that? There's always new terms in the world, surveillance capitalism. Well, capitalism is based on the concept that you've got a commodity, you sell that commodity, you make a profit. Now, in the good old days, pre the World Wide Web, you were not the commodity, unless we're talking about slavery. But normally, you were not the commodity. But in surveillance capitalism, you become the commodity. Every 
single aspect of your behaviour can be commodified. In plain English, that means it can be made into a package which can be sold to people who want to sell you products or services. What the World Wide Web has done, to a significant degree, is give two or three large monopolies, extensive monopolies of tentacles around the globe, the power to predict individual behaviour and then sell that on the market, in the marketplace to companies and individuals who can profit by their ability to predict your behaviour. That is surveillance capitalism. It's about looking. It's about storing information. It's about having the technology via which to individualise that information. Now, surveillance capitalism, it's, if, it, if it was just limited to that, you know, you could, you could deal with that. You could deal with that. You know, the, it, it's so sophisticated. For example, I'll give you an example. Now, there was an experiment in Australia, I think a year ago, where they looked at the teenagers, you know, the teenage cohorts who were using the net. And they discovered that at the end of the week on a Friday, there's the high anxiety time for teenagers in Australia and New Zealand. So they're able to sell that information to companies that produced products and services which could deal with anxiety, well, which proposed, you know, said they could deal with anxiety, and that type of ad- advertisements, play advertisements or clickbait, popped up on the Friday. Another example. This is how individual it is. Say if you've got a Fitbit on your arm and you're running, and there's a pattern in that running pattern. And say you run on a Friday, a Wednesday or a Monday at a specific time. Now, after a run, you have a release of endorphins, which is a feel-good chemical in the body. Now, when your body is swamped by endorphins at the end of a run, you are more likely to purchase things. So at the end of the run, up on your device comes advertisements for running shoes. Now this is not a matter of you, and then you click and make a and make a purchase. So it's clickbait. You make a purchase. Now this isn't this isn't bad enough. You take surveillance capitalism to its next level, and that's what we have seen in elections in representative democracies in the last few years. What you are able to do is sell information to political parties and political movements who can then individually target people with specific viewpoints where you can predict behaviour by past behaviour. So surveillance capitalism is something that we all should be aware about. Now, if you use the net, if you use Twitter, Facebook, 
YouTube, a mobile phone, you are the commodity. Now, obviously, in a highly technologically geared society, it is difficult to keep out of all those mediums. But you need to understand that you have become the commodity and you've got unaccountable corporations who are now profiting, making huge profits and changing and moulding and manipulating communities in order to make a buck. I'll give you another example. For example, you know, I think it was about a year ago, the big game was Pokemon Go, okay? You have to find these little critters, these virtual critters, you know, somewhere. Now, obviously, companies paid for your feet to go into their stores, especially large corporations. So here we had a game which was actually being used to manipulate people to go to certain areas to buy certain products. So surveillance capitalism is the frontier of capitalism. It is a new form of capitalism where you, your actions and reactions and their ability to predict the way you will respond in a particular situation gives them a commodity which then they can sell in the marketplace in order to, one, sell you product and services, two, manipulate you individually and more dangerously manipulate whole communities and whole societies through the creation of uh, fake news. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, the internet was supposed to be this free-for-all system via which individuals were able to freely communicate and express their ideas. Well, then you've got the old-fashioned state surveillance. Instead of having cops on the beat or ASIO agents in the backyard hiding under trees... What you've got is a sophisticated mechanism via which to control whole populations. And the Chinese Communist Party is an expert at how to, one, censor the internet, and two, how to use technology, including face recognition technology, to monitor individuals in a population of 1.3 billion people. So it is a two-edged sword and we need to understand that it is not, as many people have said, a mechanism via which we will see the liberation of human beings. Because what we've seen is three things. One, we've seen the creation of huge monopolies which are not regulated by any state uh, apparatus. Huge monopolies who commodify, make you into the commodity by offering a so-called three service. And we've seen the state, especially authoritarian states, being able to use that technology to monitor individual citizens and control the outbreak of dissent. So it's a two-edged sword that we are looking at. So uh, there are negatives and sometimes the negatives outweigh the positives. This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia 
via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Now, I'd just like to make a few comments about the New South Wales elections because there's been a lot of garbage, total, unadulterated garbage spoken about the result. But one piece of news, which I think it's hard for the National Party to deny, is that they are on the nose in many rural electorates in New South Wales. And to see the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party, a very minor party, gobble up lower house seats as well as upper house seats, highlights how more and more people in rural areas and regional areas have lost faith in the National Party. And I can understand why people have lost faith in the National Party. Because the former leader of the National Party, Mr Barnaby Joyce, is basically a spokesperson for the mining industry. A good friend of Gina Reinhart, Australia's richest person, a mining magnet in her own right, the Nationals have hooked their wagon to the big end of town. They've hooked their wagon to big business, agribusiness. They've hooked their wagon to the mining sector via their close relationships with people who are heavyweights in that sector. They have forgotten that rural and regional people aren't stupid. For the last 40 years, we have seen the country party and now the national party move in a direction that has seen the elimination of tens of thousands of farms and grazing properties and dairying properties in this country, in the so-called struggle for efficiency. And efficiency means corporatisation. Efficiency in the farming sector means large corporations run by individuals and companies, owned by individuals and companies, dominating most areas of the agricultural sector while leaving rural and regional Australia to starve. Now, rural and regional Australia can normally survive during good periods, but in poor periods, this is when the problems are highlighted. The National Party no longer represents or even pretends to represent regional and rural Australians. The National Party represents the mining sector. It represents agricultural corporations. It represents the... It supports the shrinking of the farming sector in the name of so-called efficiency. It has been at the forefront of the struggle to demutualise and decooperatize the farming sector, who for generations had survived during good and bad times by forming cooperatives. And we've seen these cooperatives destroyed over the last 40 years as the corporate sector has begun to dominate the agricultural sector. So next time you see some National Party member at the state or federal level crapping on 
about how they represent country or regional Australians, think again. Look at the disaster with the Murray-Darling. Look at the disasters regarding water management in this country. Look at the disasters regarding their persistent denial that climate change has anything to do with the changing patterns of agriculture in this country. So they got what they deserved and hopefully, hopefully, at the next state elect at the next federal election, the National Party will be removed politically from the face of the planet. It is in the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. You know the future's here? You know the future's here? We've all been thinking about, well, not all of us, some of us don't think it's a problem, about climate change, human-induced climate change. When you hear about the floods in Mozambique, a two, one in a 200-year event, it's been, you know, marked down as a one in a 200-year event, and you look at the changing patterns of agriculture in our own country, and you look at the changing climate patterns around the world, and you look at what's happening to the North and South Pole, and you look at the extension of the desert country, and you look at the prolonged droughts, and you begin to see the human consequences of climate change, increase in disease, problems with food security, you begin to realise that the future is here. It is here now. It's not something that we have to worry about in 10 years' time or 20 years' time or you know, a century away. It is here now. And unless, as a community, we are willing to face that issue that it is here now and radical changes need to be made to the way we produce things and the way we live and what we eat and how we farm and how we, you know, graze, we are in for a very, very tough time. The only good thing about it is that I'm old enough not to have to worry. And that's why we saw kids out in the streets two weeks ago. Maybe the demands weren't as radical as I would have expected. They've kind of been watered down a bit. But tens of thousands of kids are on the streets across Australia two weeks ago for that very reason, because they are the ones who are to carry the can. As they said, if the adults aren't willing to act as adults, the children will act as adults. And as long as we support political movements and political parties that deny that climate change exists, we deserve what we have. It's all very well talking about electricity prices. It's another thing talking about the major consequences that we're seeing in Mozambique of a one in a 200-year flood. And if you think Australia is immune from the consequences, think again. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network.
Now, I understand a number of uh, editors and newspaper and television and radio people are facing contempt of court charges in Victoria because they basically didn't... They thought they were so self-important that they didn't actually obey the courts of the land and told us all these wonderful things about Mr Pell. And they're all going to court. Now, I hope they don't bring out this the, the public needs to know or freedom of speech garbage at the court. Because, look, I've got no sympathy for them. Look, I could have broken the embargo. I knew the same news. But the issue wasn't Pell. And the issue isn't that Pell was being convicted, although he's, you know, he's appealing his conviction. To me, the issue is that we have an organisation in our midst, a huge organisation in our midst, which continues to provide healthcare and teaching services to millions of Australians, courtesy of the Australian taxpayer, who, for decades, shunted brothers and priests around this country who they knew had been abusing, sexually abusing children in order not to sally the name of the church, the Roman Catholic Church. They knew this. This is not about individuals. I don't care what Pell, what happens to Pell or what doesn't happen to him or the other pedophiles that have been, you know, arrested and jailed, and those that are going to face court who are members of the uh, church or other institutions in this country. But what I really care about is the fact that this could have been stopped decades ago. But these institutions, the Catholic Church, to a significant degree, made the decision to to hide the perpetrators, not only hide the perpetrators, but move them around, giving them fresh opportunities to sexually abuse more children in our community. Move from parish to parish to parish to parish. This is not this is not an individual issue. This is an institutional issue. This is an issue about institution trying to protect its back and saying that these children and the suicides which you know came from this abuse and the tragedies which are linked to many of these children who are now adults and parents and grandparents were dispensable, dispensable garbage. And we continue as a society to fund this institution. We continue to allow them to be tax-exempt. We continue to pour billions of dollars into their schools. We continue to pour billions of dollars into their healthcare centres. We continue to allow them to contract out the provision of services to Australians. Curse the taxpayer. Look, I don't care what they do with their own money, but if I... You know, if the Anarchist Institute was involved in that type of activity 
over decades, and we didn't take responsibility. I can assure you every member would be in jail for the rest of their life. The organisation would be closed down. Any funds we had would be given to the state, and that's the end of that. But when it comes to these large institutions, these churches, these religious institutions, what happens? Business as usual. Obviously they've put in measures in place to ensure that this doesn't happen again. But in terms of paying compensation to the individuals, it's still an issue. And it, But it, more importantly, in terms of them compensating the community and us not bankrolling these institutions and organisations, it's about time that this was raised as the significant issue. Contempt of court charges, I don't care. I don't care if they find themselves in jail. I'm sure they won't. They'll get away with a few fines. I don't care. I don't care what happens to all the pedophile priests in the end. They've done the damage. But I do care that we are allowing this institution to continue to prosper and profit and grow courtesy of taxpayers' dollars. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph, Joseph Toscano. You can, um, there's a few things I'd just like to mention. A simple solution to the housing crisis campaign has gone up a notch. And we've been uh, gathering outside the Victorian Parliament because Victoria is the worst example of public housing destruction in this nation. And we will continue. And for the month of April, we will be on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House at 1pm. That's right, 1pm. <coughs> on Wednesday the 3rd of April, Wednesday the 10th of April, Wednesday the 17th of April, Wednesday the 24th of April. That's 1pm. So if you are in Victoria, join us. If you are in New South Wales, where the uh, Liberal Nationals have been re-elected for majority in their own rights, where they have been privatising public housing at a rate of knots, now's the time to get out, form your own, own organisations and uh, protect what's left of the public housing sector. Because I, I can assure you, at the end of four years of this uh, Liberal National Party state government, there won't be any public housing. And in in the Andrews-led Labor government, or the alternative Liberal Party government, which is you know commonly called the Australian Labor Party in Victoria, they are doing everything they can to remove public housing. Not just remove the concept of public housing, but actually wipe the idea from the public imagination. They talk about community housing, social housing, affordable housing. Never use the word P unless forced to, and they were forced to before the last state election in November last year when they felt that they were losing ground in that debate and they promised to build a 1,000 public houses. Public, they use the word P, in over the next four years. So what? So what? Now, we have a simple solution to the housing crisis. Public housing, everybody's business. The Anarchist Mayor Institute. We have a simple solution. Public interest before corporate interest. Simple solution to the housing crisis across the country.
Now, we agree it's a complex issue, but the solution is so simple. Every state government charges stamp duty. Stamp duty is a tax which is levied on individuals who purchase homes. Even if you purchase a home that's about $220,000, you're paying about $8,000 in stamp duty. Now, so why shouldn't stamp duty for housing, a tax on housing, be quarantined for public housing? Public housing is publicly owned, publicly managed. We can accommodate over 10% of the Victorian population within a decade. Within a decade. If that money is quarantined, obviously savings will have to be made in other areas. Maybe we won't make so many, remove so many level crossings. But isn't it housing, safe, secure, affordable housing? The fundamental bedstone of any community or society. So why doesn't anybody want to look at this simple solution? Why has it fallen on deaf ears? Why has this idea fallen on barren ground? It's very simple. Because we've now reached a stage in this country where people no longer think the state should actually intervene to provide them with the basic necessities at an affordable cost. We're not talking about free housing, we're talking about public housing where people pay 25% of their income in order to secure a safe, secure roof over their heads. So I encourage you strongly to join us at 1pm on the 3rd of April, the 10th of April, the 17th of April and the 24th of April on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. And I encourage you, especially if you live in New South Wales, where private housing is going to be non-existent within four years, with the re-election of, <coughs> of a government which is wants to privatise what's left of that sector, get your act Get your act together because I can assure you once it's lost, it's exceptionally, exceptionally difficult to have it replaced. It's in the Anarchist World this week. On the Anarchist World, you listen to the Anarchist World this week. My name is Jeff Stroscano. Now, public interest before corporate interest. We had a Congress uh, in uh, mid March. I'm hoping. Um, by about six to eight weeks, that every member of public interest before corporate interest uh, will get a uh, will get a package in the mail where they'll be asked to vote on eight policy initiatives. Now these were discussed at the Congress after they were formulated by a by a uh, group which was a selected of the previous Congress. Some of the policy initiatives had major changes, some had minor changes. These will go out to the membership. The membership will vote. But what we do need, what we're short of, is once again $1 stamps. We need stamps. It'll cost us about $800 to $900 to do this little uh, exercise. We tend not to, people say, why don't, you use the, why don't you use the internet? Well, there's so much junk mail out there that it's difficult to reach every member. And also, in many cases, many members are not on the net. They're worried about surveillance capitalism. They want to keep their lives to themselves. So... 
If you can, send us uh, $1 stamps to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office, t- Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And hopefully, within the next um, six to eight weeks, you'll receive your papers, and then we can actually, uh, the membership decides what is policy and what isn't. So public interest before corporate interest, if you're interested in finding out more about them, go to their very professional webpage at www.pibci.net www.pibcpibci.net You can download the application for f- from the same address www.pibcpibci.net We need about another 140 members new members on the Australian electoral roll in order to register public interest before corporate interest as a major federal political party We're getting there very slowly if you're one of those type of people who somehow think that uh, things are going to change by doing nothing, well, it doesn't happen that way. It's like any reaction. You need to add to the mixture in order to get the result you want. It's a little bit like making pasta. You can make pasta and have it with oil and salt, or you can add all the extras. So I encourage you very strongly to become a member. It doesn't cost anything. Um, download the application form, have a look at it, look at the constitution, look at the membership criteria, look at the aims, and uh, if you decide that it's uh, your type of political party, we would welcome new members because we would love to be registered, not for the forthcoming federal election because time has run out, for the next federal election. History of the Anarchist World this week broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. You still can write to us. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And uh, and you can go to our Twitter stream, pibcpibci underscore au, pibcpibci underscore au, or to our YouTube channel, Public Interests Before Corporate Interests. Public interest before corporate interest. I'm attempting to do one YouTube presentation about 15 to 18 minutes every week on an interesting topic. So um, go to it. Public interest before corporate interest. I mean, it's all very well having a uh, YouTube channel, but it doesn't mean much if uh, people don't actually access it. It's all very well having an internet site, but it doesn't mean much if people don't access it. So I encourage you strongly to access um, both and uh, see what what see what's going on. Okay, leadership. <sighs> Weather vanes and signposts. What I like about the Liberal National Party, and to a lesser degree the alternative Liberal Party, Masquerade News Australian Labor Party, is the fact that they have made weather vanes a fashionable item again. Now, I know in the 50s and 60s, we all liked to have a little weather vane on top of the house and see which way the ro- you know, the wind was blowing. And we've reached a stage in our political development 
where a significant majority of the people involved in uh, political work are basically hacks who've come up the party ranks, who somehow have been able to be pre-selected for safe seats, who've got no new ideas, who basically uh, derive their political uh, opinions and directions from the prejudices of the population as a whole. They think they're there to reflect public opinion, not provide a signpost to something new, not provide a direction, a new direction which society can go. And it's quite extraordinary to see people carrying on about things they have really no knowledge about. And Mr Morrison is a classical example. You know, he's a professional politician. He's been in the party for over 20 years. He's an accidental prime minister fighting for his political survival. So obviously he's looking at uh, every option available to him. And um, Divided Nation, formerly known as One Nation, Divided Nation has given him the perfect opportunity to get their electors back into the Liberal Party fold. That's right. Now, anybody who's surprised about divided nations, little escapade to the US of A looking for money for their campaigns, should think again. To a significant degree, divided nation is basically a money-making machine that is used by a small group of people in order to give them a lifestyle pay their wages that's what it's about and to see Mr Morrison bend over backwards looking for their supporters to jump into the Liberal National Party um, boat highlights highlights the type of society we've become really does I wasn't surprised I mean why would you be surprised? Why would you be surprised at how Divided Nations attempts to get its money? Because it's not going to get its money from uh, the general population. You're not going to have corporations falling over themselves to give it money. And obviously in a capitalist society, when you're running an election, you do need money. If you don't have money, you don't have advertising feed on the ground. It's that simple. So it's a real issue. So all I can say is, look, there are people in our community who always think and will always think that somebody else is the problem, who will always individualise the problem. They'll individualise it in terms of sections of the community. They will kick marginalised people in the teeth because there's nothing better in life, political life, than to find a scapegoat, as we saw with Adolf Hitler and the Jews, to find a scapegoat and use that scapegoat to slide into political office. So what we are seeing is nothing new. What is new is the atrocities that are occurring around the world 
have pushed people to say enough is enough. How about some leadership? How about some policies? How about some policies which don't help the big end of town? And those people who think that Australians aren't interested in policies, they're all, all they're interested in is division, need to think again. It has been a useful political tool to dog whistle the racists in our community. But the problem with divided nation and all the political parties of its ilk, and if you look at the Senate crossbenches, you will find that most of them come from that part of the world, I mean ideologically speaking, that you can see that things will not change while people somehow think that if you leave it to the politicians, if you leave it to our elected representatives, if you leave it, leave it to the courts, that somehow things will change. I'll give you an example. Sudan. Daily demonstrations against the dictator who's been in power there for almost 30 years. Slowly, his power's been eroded. Look at Algeria. Mass protests have forced a resignation of their president. The list goes on and on. If you think voting every three to four years is going to be the end-all and the be-all of political discourse, political change and political action, think again. If you think some media conference somewhere, you know, some manufactured media conference somewhere in the country, you know, is going to change things, it's not going to change things. What changes things eventually is feet on the street. And that's why those in authority were so concerned about school children taking to the streets. Because ultimately, feet on the streets direct political, social, cultural change. And that's what all the political parties are concerned about, is feet on the street. They want business as usual. They want us to work up the right channels. They want us to mark that ballot box every three to four years and then go home and watch the net, you know, laugh at YouTube, watch television and let the experts, in inverted commas, and the experts are basically the puppets for that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. Think about it. It's in the anarchist world this week broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Mr Groper, the President of the US of A, has had a let-off. Nice to see. Now, what I'm really interested in is all his business dealings and how he is using his presidency to make a buck for himself and his family. Now, currently, you may not know this or you may not care, but there has been a civil war in Yemen now for over four years. Well, it was about seven years now. And four years ago, because the uh, rebels were winning, 
Saudi Arabia and uh, the United Arab Emirates got involved and they've led 19,000 airstrikes in Yemen over the past four years. That's 19,000. When you do your maths, that's about 12 a day. These are bombs being dropped on people at the same rate as we have seen in Syria where the Russians, you know, moved in to protect uh, Mr... What is his name? Assad. But what I'm interested in is one of the first things Mr Trump did was actually sign a $100 billion armaments deal with the government of Saudi Arabia. And when Saudi Arabian, you know... Um, Secret police liquefy, that's right, liquefy an opponent. The US of A, which is all about freedom and democracy in uh, Venezuela, doesn't open its mouth. And when we see the Israeli government bomb Gaza, basically a prison camp, the world's largest prison camp, into submission, all we see is the President of America saying that, uh, you know, move the US, uh, recognise the capture of the Golan Heights as Israeli territory from Syria and also transfer the US Embassy to uh, Jerusalem. So you can actually see how the Trump administration is moving around the world. You can actually see what it's interested in. It's interested in maximising economic return to Trump and his supporters by supporting some of the most oppressive governments on the planet. It's all very well to point the finger at Venezuela, but just you point the finger at Saudi Arabia and actually see what type of society it is. Because these are the two main allies of the United States of America in the Middle East, the state of Israel and the state of Saudi Arabia. And obviously there'll be never any solution in the Middle East to the violence that racks the region unless the issue of Palestinian independence is addressed seriously and the people in the Gaza Strip are not treated basically as prison prisoners. This is the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. I always like to see the government get out the big boot take out the fist from the velvet glove. And I know that our corporate friends, that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, have taken a few hits in the last few years because things have got so bad, because there's such little regulation, so few people to oversee their activities, that the population has demanded that governments do something like a royal commission. And during these royal commissions, it hasn't been very nice to know that we've been ripped off. 
consistently. And it's good to see that the government is making a few noises about bringing in a bit of tax. There must be an election coming up, I think, with these little ads on you know, TV and the net, how they're working hard to make sure the corporate sector pays their fair share of tax. But I'm always love to see, I really love to see the state use every mechanism at its disposal to pulverise the disenfranchised, the exploited and the marginalised. Robodebt. Now, robodebt is a fully automated system which theoretically calculates whether Social Security recipients and ex-Social Security recipients have been overpaid. Let's not forget that 70,000 so-called robo-debts were reduced or withdrawn over the last 12 months because this computer system is not very good at all. So what does the Department of Human Services and Centrelink want? This is their wish list before the next election. This is the wish list that they want to do. They want to be able to seize funds of people who they think owe them a debt. They want to ban people travelling overseas. They want them to forfeit tax refunds. They want to garnish wages. And they want to levy compound interest, not simple interest, compounding interest on the debt. So isn't it good to see that the state is really willing to bring out the big stick and beat these deviants into submission on our behalf so they can raise a few million dollars? It's good to see the way they are working, you know, so hard to protect, to protect, that's right, to protect the taxpayers' dollars. But when it comes to corporate welfare... When it comes to regulation, when it comes to giving their mates and mateesses lots of money, courtesy of the Australian taxpayer, when it comes to private organisations providing government services at a ridiculously high price, when we're told that 80% of the people who are tendering for these jobs are basically bottom feeders, by the very bureaucrats who run the system for the government, you begin to understand that this government has all its priorities wrong. Instead of chasing that small sexual society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange, communication to pay their fair share of tax, instead of putting in regulators to ensure that the financial sector behaves itself, all we have is them going out and punishing those 30% of Australians on Social Security benefits. It's good to see that nothing has changed. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Those of you who are wondering what's happening to the dinners, well, the restaurant's been renovated. I don't know what that means, but we're going back tonight. That's the 27th of March, 6 p.m., La Pocchetta, if you're in Melbourne, uh, at about 3.90, Ligon Street, Carlton North. 6pm to 9pm, 
It's on tonight and every Wednesday night in April. We're suspending the lunches at the minute, but uh, we're going back tonight, every Wednesday night, 6pm, La Poqueta, 392, I think, Raftdown Street, 392 Raftdown Street, Carlton North. If you're listening to this program on the 27th of March, you're welcome. One problem, you've got to pay for your own food and drinks, but you can come along and just have a cup of coffee or a glass of water, or maybe we'll even shout you occasionally. All right, listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. That postal address, I love letters, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Those $1 stamps so we can get out this mass mail out to Pipsy members. Send them to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can leave messages on 0439. 395-489-0439-395-489. You can go to the Facebook page, Public Housing, Everybody's Business. Don't forget, 1pm every Wednesday in April, Steps of the Victorian Parliament House for a simple solution to the housing crisis. You can join public interest by for corporate interests by downloading the application form from pibci.net. Keep an eye on the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org. We've got a few things uh, coming up. Also, don't forget that ultimately it's up to you. Uh, The more people get involved in action, the more change we will have. You can go to the Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, Toscano for the Public. You can go to our uh, the Pipsy YouTube channel, Public Interests Before Corporate Interests. I try to put up a, a 15 to 18 minute uh, segment every week on an interesting topic or a topic I think is interesting. You can go to the Twitter stream, uh, Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I underscore A-U. Isn't that amazing? All this st- oh, and don't forget to go to the Pipsy website. I, it's a flashy website, pibci.net. And let's not forget, everybody involved in any of the activities that I uh, talk about are volunteers. Nobody is paid anything for what they do. We are all volunteers. We all want to change things. We all want to create a society without rulers. We want to create a society where each and every individual is able to develop themselves to their fullest potential. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. If you're listening to this program and your community radio station doesn't have The Anarchist World this week, ask them to join the Community Radio Network. Thank you once again. Listen to The Anarchist World this week, next week... Minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.